Welcome back. It's me, Lala. This is season two of same show, different show, new name, same me, different me, but uh, I'm back and it's been almost a year uh, since I've recorded, probably longer, and a lot has happened. So I'm sitting here with Breb. Hi, Brad. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, so what's happened? Uh, some of you are new to this show. Um, and some of you are coming back. So I guess I'll just give a quick little rundown of what's gone on. Uh, a year ago, I uh, accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And uh, my entire life was turned upside down. <laughs> in the best way possible. And um, my podcast that I used to record had a lot of lies in it uh, from the new age deception, um, as well as a lot of some of these deceptions that we're going to unpack on the show that um, are psychological operations being unleashed on the population. And now that's been the case for pretty much our whole lives and way before we were born. But in particular, since November 3rd, 2020, there has been a multi-layered psychological operation that has been uh, basically started with the election being stolen to keep people on a bread and circus hamster wheel, as I like to call it. And in that, and it started with COVID and I'm going to, there's going to be a lot of episodes because there is with every single thing that I say, there's probably about um, multiple hours that I could talk about and of all of the uh, information that I have found with the help of the Lord, because without him, there is no way that I would be able to unravel any of this mess, um, uh, because we are dealing with spooks and, uh, lifelong military, uh, industrial complex. And we are combating them with memes, gripers and truth. So uh, before we get into a little bit of this, I just, there's certain things that I want to talk about and what I plan to cover on this podcast, not necessarily this episode, but in future episodes. But some of the things that I plan to cover are the election integrity situations that we've seen, um, which includes all the fraudits that they have lulled people to think that things are happening when they're not and just serving cold nothing burgers and telling us that we're gonna shut up and eat it and there's going to be the dissection of the new age doctor network that honestly pisses me off more than most of the other deceptions because it's really hard when people see these doctors as people who are saving lives. 
But if you study secret societies and all kinds of things that uh, we're dealing with here, the end justifies the means. So they will save your life to get your soul. And then uh, another part of it was the whole church cabal. And that is a whole mess. It's blows my mind the more and more I learn about it. But once you start to see the networks, patterns, and tactics, you, you really just apply it to every situation and it completely takes away the veil. And it's been incredible to see um, using those three simple words to show just how wide, deep, dark the web of deceit is. So if you're new here, welcome. I'm excited. I have missed recording a lot, but I really needed to uh, take some time with my heavenly father who has taught me so many lessons about how to treat my enemies and true forgiveness and sharing the truth in love. And so he's so good all the time. And um, I just plan to just continue what I'm doing, but I'm going to try to dedicate each episode to a part a particular topic that I want to unravel. And that way you can say, oh, you like Mike Lindell? Well, listen to this podcast episode because he's one of the worst and I can't wait to get to him. <laughs> but that's for another day. Oh, Mike. <laughs> and um, so I'm just excited. I'm excited for season two. And there's also going to be a mixture of different people coming on. There will be solo episodes, but there will also be interviews with people. Um, I love a good testimony. And so I will be sharing testimonies from people as well. And um, just any type of deception that comes up in my spirit, I will be uh, doing an episode on. So welcome and welcome to Breb. And thank you for joining me for my first episode back. Of course. And uh, I remember your, your, the old episodes and, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see you back on it and see you doing this and excited to see what you come up with. Well, let's talk about you for a little bit. So you, you came onto Telegram a couple months ago, uh, about a year ago now. It's crazy. It's been a year. But your journey started way before that. It was on Instagram, but in particular to the Flynn uh, situation, you came to Telegram for that. So um, talk about how you got to that point. Like how I got to te like Telegram or before? When you started basically digging into truth when you consider yourself to be woken up okay um 
Well, I started off on in, on Instagram in uh, sometime about 2018, and uh, um, I was already on Instagram, but I started. Um, I was already doing like truth, like looking at truth or stuff here and there in the background, and uh, and I heard of the Q. I heard of the Q movement. And I was seeing like the memes about the Great Awakening and and things like that, and. Um, and I ended up like searching the hashtag on uh, on Instagram, and that's how I found the the Instagram community of uh, of the Truther movement. And um, you know, when we first started off, it was uh, it was all about the kids, and everybody was digging for um, you know on the celebrities and uh, just you know the pedophile networks and trying to trying to. Um, that that's what we were that's what everybody started off as like that's what got us all to where it's like we got to do something for the kids like we couldn't believe like what was going on and um and that's what just got everybody into it and um i was uh i've been doing that for is uh since 2018 and um as far as like fast forward um to uh to closer to our timeline now you know that whole time i was pushing what everybody else was pushing which was the flynn networks and the three stars and even though i wasn't focused on their accounts and i took all my information from them at all um because i definitely did my own digging and everybody knows everybody knows me for that but at the same time like the main narratives and the boxed in that that uh echo chamber that we were in i mean we all were just kind of pushing the same thing. And we had gradually without, I don't, I, I know people can, looking back, they can notice this, but we gradually moved away somehow like it, the kids weren't like the main focus. Um, it was more, it became like a clout chasing thing for posting the uh, the juiciest headline that came out or the, um, you know, just, just things for cloud. It wasn't, uh, to me, in my opinion, it was, it wasn't about the kids as much anymore. We had kind of lost that. And, uh, the, the wake up call for that was whenever Lynn and Flynn had gotten into it. Now, admittedly, um, I, I loved, I loved Lynn. Like, you know, I didn't pay as much as attention to him whenever I wasn't on telegram. I just, uh, like I would see clips of him like on stage and, and all the things he was doing. And I love the fire that he talked with when I, when I would see the clips and, but I just never paid as much attention to Lynn. And uh, I was never just like huge on, on Flynn either. I just figured that he was a part of the, that he was the main part of the, the, the Q team because that's what we were all led to believe. It coming did in the seem door. that way for a while there, didn't it? You know, yeah. digital soldiers, LLC and, yeah, <laughs> but um, I fell for it too. I mean, I fell for local action, national impact. I was I was in the school boards. I was uh, canvassing in my county. I was collecting information for uh, defend the republic, their organization, and uh, that's part of the reason why I'm so angry with the deceit that they're doing because take me for example and I'm out there spending my free time 
collecting information on the fraudulent practices of the election to find out that I'm doing it for people who are so corrupt. Then I was like, well, they're probably just taking this information, collecting it, making sure it never gets anywhere. And at the same time, all these people who are canvassing think that they're doing something and they think that they're fighting for their country. And in reality, they are wasting everyone's time. Yeah, let me say, let me say a lot of people, they when you know, they're, they're like, what have you done to uh, what have you done to get involved locally? Or they, they act like we haven't done anything or we, we're not trying to do anything uh, locally and we're not involved. And they don't even realize that, you know, a big reason why this matters so much to you is because you were involved locally and you did get on the ground and you did see what was going on. And uh, that's what I call a tactic. They like to put that's one of their lines. They say, oh, well, what do you do? What do you some keyboard warrior, even though didn't Trump say that the keyboard warriors were, you know, better than the ones on Madison Street or something like that? The cyber cyber warfare that we're participating in is real. And if it wasn't, they wouldn't try to create these layers and layers of networks to control the information because people forget that we are in an information war. It was very evident by what was happening with COVID. And, you know, it was anti-vax, pro-vax, anti-vax, pro-vax, the information is being suppressed. The, but, but the even further layer of deceit on that is that the information about the vaccine was coming from Flynn doctors that are in the front line, America, America's frontline doctors and all, and we'll get into that another time of their connections. But when I learned all of that, I had to go back and say, was any of that true? And yes, I think the answer is yes. A lot of it was true, but it was also mixed with stuff to make you look insane. And then you go to your family and tell them the situation. And then they are like, that's insane. And they can't really verify it anywhere else besides this network. Mm-hmm. And then the next time when you bring information that is maybe not as insane. Uh, the venom, Dr. Artist venom in the water thing was one great example of that. Then they're not going to listen to you. And now your credibility is down. And so, so there's a lot of ways in which people, well, I think a lot of people, like they don't care. Like I was just telling this one girl about Dr. Zelenko and how he was a complete deceiver. Um, I'm not ready to talk about that one yet, but mm-hmm. I have a lot to say about it. But And she was pushing his products. And I was like, you know that you're pushing people into like this viper's den. And she just did not care because of the ease of his products that are literally vitamins that you could buy in any store and whatever her excuse was. But they've done such a good job of making people like us look bad for speaking out against what we see so clearly. Yeah. So November 28th, 2021, 
Lynn says, my relationship with Flynn is done. And I remember, I don't know what the time frame was, but it was like when he said that all the real diggers were like off to the races. And we can talk a little bit about uh, that, how that all started and like, what was the first thing that you found on him? I remember for me, it was the prayer. Um, I was just saved months before that out of the new age. And he prayed an occult prayer that came from Elizabeth Clare prophet. And he talked about being freeborn, which Freemasons believe that Lucifer is the light bringer and that they are free from Lucifer and that God is the evil slave master. That's why he said that. And then he talked about the seven rays of light, which comes from the ascended masters, which is a doctrine that Aleister Crowley even believes of the white, white brotherhood. And so it's purely satanic and it's provable because it was published in pearls of wisdom from the lighthouse summit publishing company published. And if you saw the video, it was verbatim, the same thing. So when I saw that, that was what I exposed first. And I was just seeing quote unquote Christians defending it. And to me, I'm like, only the only Christian that would defend that prayer is someone who's pretending to be a Christian. Because well, wasn't this wasn't this like the first time that we had really ever experienced something like like dealing with that, like worrying about like, okay, is this, you know, is he is is this guy like saying a prayer that's like I know in this entire time I had never dealt with like anything like that. And <laughs> and surprisingly like even though we like we had just started like looking into like I was paying attention to what was going on with with Lynn and Flynn but it wasn't until you posted the video of the prayer with uh the uh Elizabeth Clare prophet um with it synced in with it and uh, you could see that it was verbatim the same thing uh that's when I was like whoa okay because then that's when I realized like okay so not only did he say a prayer that's like you know no good at all and satanic like he said it and made all those people repeat it mm -hmm. don't know that what they're saying and uh but yeah that's when i know, believe I it was a pure mocking ritual and oh, yeah. that he was that arrogant that he had all his networks in place that he did not care if people like you or me or all of the other people who did spoke up because he had a whole army of digital soldiers in place to threaten, harass, block, mute, um, call lintards. <laughs> you know, we've been called all kinds of things. But in the end of the day, it's only exposes them further. Because if there's one thing that you can spin you know as far as information goes you're gonna mess with the word of god nothing will save you when you're before the throne of god and you decided to twist the scripture to defend your idol or your boss and they use the seven spirits of god scripture 
it's purely blasphemous because it's provable that it, it that it is luciferian doctrine period mm-hmm. so what was the first thing that you started digging on flynn well um you know other than i think i you know i really really started taking it like seriously after i seen your video on the prayer I was already paying attention to it, obviously, because those are two heavy hitters in the movement. And so, like, when you see Lynn, who, you know, everybody likes to pretend like, you know, they didn't, not everybody loved Lynn before this all happened. But (laughs) I was there. I seen everybody love Lynn. And I know I know how it went down. And, you know, one thing that everybody bragged about, you know, with Lynn during all, you know, when he was going off on Twitter and all that was this is a defamation lawyer. This is a guy who he knows what he can and cannot say. And he knows if he says something that they don't like, that they can sue him about it. And he knows that they will sue him about it. And uh, I don't I don't think anybody has sued him at all yet. But um, (laughs) but, you know, but what I will say, though, is like so I knew that he wasn't a guy to to mess around like that. He's not going to play around. And I knew he was a man of God. And so I remember when we first, when I first started like digging into him and looking and uh, of course the first thing that comes up, coincidentally, MSN had just started running articles. You can say what you want, you know, about it as far as like, oh, it's MSN. But like, if you believe that partially MSN is controlled and working with Trump and the narrative on other things, then you have to believe that like, it, it's all timing and that, that there would be some way to get the ball rolling on Flynn if Flynn was to be exposed too. So coincidentally, just as this time, the MSM is asking, letting us know about Pegasus and his involvement in Pegasus. Well, I take that back. I wanted, I wonder if it was Lynn bringing up Pegasus that made him bring it up. I'm not too sure. I have to go back and check, but either way, um, Pegasus was the first thing. So I started looking into that and realized that, you know, like, uh, I immediately saw how he would try to write it off because I've seen these guys the way they have things that they're, that they're connected to, but they don't want to be right there connected to it. So it's like, you know, he's on the board of this and they made this, but when I first started looking into his connections uh, uh, with Pegasus, um, that's, that's the thing that, that got me going. And I remember that uh, one of my friends that was looking into, um, with Lynn with me I remember when I was going to start posting some of the stuff that Lynn was saying and he was like like bro you sure like we should do this like you you like you you know and I was like yeah like bro like he's not playing like this is not a joke even though I will say at first I'll make this quick even though at first whenever they started getting into it and he released the phone call when he was when Flynn didn't know he was being recorded and uh, Lynn questioned him about Pegasus, and and he said that uh, he had he didn't know anything about Pegasus, and that he never got a million dollars from NSO or or whichever one he says that he didn't get the money from. And we know that all to be, you know, to be crap. He lied now. about it, and then his brother Joe went on David Nino and admitted that he had ties to Pegasus. He had a $100,000 consulting fee with Francisco Partners, who owned OSI. So, you know, if he wants to get in the weeds about yeah. that, it's like, I mean, I this is 
And, and by the way, by the way, the man spent 33 years as a, mil, as a military intelligence officer. You'd think that companies that are developing products would want to have his expertise. Right. Whether, it's, whether it's right or wrong, it doesn't matter. I mean, he, he was, at that time when he was working for Pegasus, he wasn't even in the Trump orbit, you know? Or, or thinking about being involved in politics. It's almost like they're going through a, through, through every detail with a fine-tooth comb. And anything Why? Mike? Yeah, literally admitted it and uh, said, you know, when he was working for Pegasus, he wasn't even yes. uh, in the Trump orbit yet. So. And he also proved to be a liar with that. He proved to be a liar with the prayer because he said it was a Catholic prayer. He said that it was held in his wallet. And he laughed at the people questioning it and saying, why do you guys look into you guys need to stop paying attention to things like this mm-hmm. and Flynn or Joe Flynn also said that it's like they're looking at everything with a fine tooth comb and it's like oh you don't know your audience you don't know the people that you have betrayed the people that you have tried to infiltrate so deeply you don't know how much they dig yeah hey, you're, you're about they, to find out yeah and they found out <laughs> But going back real quick that I forgot about, obviously, the whole thing that started that started that off was uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. And um, I admit I was a big goober for for Kyle Rittenhouse. And I was like, you know, you know, it wasn't until the very end, right before, you know, right before you attacked Lynn. And then when he did attack Lynn, that that I that I actually realized what was going on. But it's funny because there were some people that were that were saying, you know, that he was a crisis actor and this stuff before, but like you and I, and, but I wasn't paying much attention to that at the time. And then he goes on Tucker Carlson, who, you know, we all know, you know, he was a VIP at a uh, comet ping pong and stuff now. And like, you know, back then when it first happened, of course, everybody loves Tucker Carlson. Everybody loved Kyle Rittenhouse because they built him up to be this hero what better one to like take a shot at uh, at Lynn. And when he did that, like, you know, obviously I, I didn't think that he could just lie like that on Tucker Carlson about it. Um, so I was like, you know, thrown off. But then immediately, like in seeing his reaction and, and, and listening to him, like, uh, you know, I knew Lynn, I knew Lynn wasn't playing around, but, you know, that's where quickly he started saying that it was Flynn was involved with uh, with all that and that Flynn was involved with Kyle Rittenhouse and David Hancock. And um, I mean, that's when I realized like, okay, like Flynn's got his, his hands in the background, you know, too, which coming in, I mean, we knew, we figured he was on the ground doing his thing, you know, helping the movement. I'm not thinking he's, you know, building a network and got his, is the sleight of hand behind the scenes and all that. So yeah Kyle Rittenhouse's go ahead the thing you brought up the first thing I want to say is about the MSM and sources and things like that because at the beginning and throughout the time of researching you have to look at both sides of the Uh, like the right wing and the left wing sources, because Flynn, a lifelong Democrat, has been painted as a right wing hero. And so when we're researching someone like this, we have to look 
at all sources, including the ones that you might say, oh, you take the, the, they do that on purpose because you find little nuggets of truth in there. And then you take all of the information and first of all, you should be praying for discernment. And then you discern what is true. And you put a little piece to each of the puzzle as you're researching. And that's kind of how we've painted these pictures of what happened on January 6th, for example. And we're going to get into that a little bit more. But since you brought up Kyle Rittenhouse, I will say that was something that I always could not stand each time that it happened with the situation, with the shootings. It's all over my timeline with his court date. It's all over my timeline with his verdict. It's all over my timeline. I was so tired of seeing him that I was I started to realize that the saturation of his story was not natural. And I started to ask myself, why is this happening? Like, why are they? Yeah, okay. He's he defended the Second Amendment, whatever. It's like that's it. No, dude. Um, the whole situation was fishy, which maybe I'll get into that another time too, but that was like, that's a good subject matter uh, study on how they inject heroes. Exactly. And so then when he went on Tucker Carlson, which guess who just did one of those too? Kanye. They're setting up Kanye for his uh, enter stage right, his right wing hero agenda, mark my words, and I will get into that another time too. But when he went on Tucker Carlson and he said all the things that he said, I was just like, what? And when we watched things play out, which is like the good thing about Telegram is even though they've created it for them, they left themselves exposed because I don't think they planned for people like you to get on there and like get on their turf. And so in doing so, when they would enter your chat and I'm talking about they being Joe Flynn, Brian Gamble, Jeremy Oliver, David Hancock, Gordon Rose. Gordon Rose was the one who um, whistle blew on someone that was, I believe, on the fight back um, board at the time. And. So he got injected that way over the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. And um, I just started to notice all of these things and all of these building blocks to the psyops that were to come and that ended up happening. And a lot of that had to do with watching their activity. Um, I know it's hard to even grasp this like if you weren't there or if you don't know what I'm talking about or if you don't know how telegram works and that's okay because that's why I'm recording and we are going to break it down um, as needed so let's talk about January 6th because I think that that was a huge eye-opener to his uh, involvement in the operations that were being launched on 
the American citizens, particularly uh, people who were Trump supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started with January 6th, where we watched Trump speak and we watched uh, people storm the Capitol and we watched Capitol officers let them in. And we watched people dressed as Antifa, Brian Gamble, and we watched people dressed like Trump supporters that probably weren't. <laughs> and so it was very chaotic, very confusing. And the good thing is, is that they have left breadcrumbs all along the way. Mm-hmm. And what they tried to do was, bl- you know, blame it on Antifa. And if you study Antifa and the Proud Boys, and then you start to see that they are just the two sides of the same coin. It's just hate- a glow. It's just a glow up when they meet up. And it's just a every two sides. If you Google Antifa and Proud Boys, it's like article after article of them doing that. It's so comical because it's like. And the images, I mean, these are these are these real people? I don't know. But so central best, casting. Central casting. <laughs> so there's Proud Boys, which are linked to Roger Stone. There is the Oath Keepers, which are linked to uh, Mike Flynn. And even so, in the form of a hundred thousand dollars to Code of Vets on January 5th, right? On January 5th, he got a $100,000 donation to um, to the Code of Vets, who he had uh, been working with, and uh, they were helping to um, to help get veterans to the Capitol, um, you know, to so they could help protest. This that's that you know that's the cover is that they were helping veterans get to the pro- to the Capitol to um, to have their voices heard, when in reality they were just paying for. Um, you know, um, essentially like actors, like to people. Yeah. Are, yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. And, and there is uh, also the flyer that was on the red pill road show, which mm-hmm. was tied to Brian Gamble's uh, bread and circus show that they used to hold. Um, and the flyer says, this is not a game. This is more than just memes, posts, and tweets. The future of this country and the souls of humanity is at stake. We're up against a worldwide cabal that has enslaved humanity for hundreds of years. They want you controlled and dumb. They want you sick and unhealthy. They want us divided and controlled. This is coming from a Flynnian, by the way. This is comical. And then uh, said, it's time to get more involved and meet other like-minded people. We need people from all walks of life ready to defend our country. Start by forming a neighborhood watch. Also, check out existing patriot groups, such as Three Percenters, Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, local militias to see which one is a good fit for you where we go one we go all so there you see a uh, a the CIA CIO of the America project essentially recruiting for the militias that were later involved and this that was leading up to January 6th recruiting the militias that were involved in January 6th and if you look it up there's a bunch of proud boys and oath keepers from Florida that were um that were involved uh, but you have them not only doing that, but what Brian was known for also LARPing, 
you know, the Q movement and, and like essentially he was making fun of it, really. But he was mm-hmm. you know, still, using the, he yeah, still, he still does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's even he likes to joke like maybe I'm Q. He says that and he said that in the chat a few times. But anyways, he. Uh, um, what was I saying? He he was this. So there you have another Flynnian LARPing about the Q thing, advertising for a militia using Q terminology and the, the Punisher skull and all that. And, um, and yeah, so, I mean, like, uh, not only were they recruiting for the militias that were involved there, but they were trying to tie it all into like Q to basically essentially blame Q in the Q movement. Yeah. And there have, we've seen, um, people in our movement, like at our level being, protected walked in with you know oath keepers as their protection or like security very cringe and uh very uh, just what in the world you know and so brian gamble just to back up for a second brian gamble you said is the cio of the america project which to us is like i mean it's crazy because we know exactly what the america project is but Mm-hmm. If I say that to someone else, no, they don't ever hear of it, but they are actively infiltrating churches, local community organizations, and under the guise, of course, of helping just like the doctors, it's, this is what it says on their website, the largest support group network of America first pro-freedom organizations, businesses, and individuals. In addition, we have countless independent initiatives focused on our six course pillars of focus, election integrity, medical freedom, border security, parental rights, Second Amendment rights, and freedom of religion. So basically what I hear when I uh, read that is that's all of the networks that they're focusing on infiltrating to make sure that nothing actually happens. And then like, if we are talking about freedom of religion, that we go into the NAR and the dominionism, um, the election integrity is defending the Republic and the audits, the Seth Keschel, the professor, um, all of those characters, the Dr. Doug Frank or whatever, all of them, all of the ones that we watched on TV, if you guys were watching the trials, after the election, they, they were all part of the Flynn network mm-hmm. and um, the medical freedom goes back to the doctors. Like I said, border security can't, we, we know some of those characters too. And uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. And so we have Joe Flynn, Joe uh, wasn't Jesus, a communist Flynn, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Flynn, who was, so what if I was on a pharma pharma pharmaceutical company he was like so she's a chick in our chat asked him like you know like what don't you like why would you do that why would you be bought into like a pharma like why you're talking about big pharma and everything's going on during covid and you and you know you're bought into a pharmaceutical company and he was like why not (laughs) you know and it's just like wow bro it just never ends and so America Project is Joe Flynn and Patrick Byrne, who is an admitted atheist. And um, 
then Brian Gamble is the CIO and basically like Flynn's right hand man. And he was dressed as Antifa at January 6th. We have images of him dressed. Brian Gamble. Brian Gamble dressed as Antifa. All black helmet recording. This is, you, you know, there's tons of propaganda that have come from January 6th. Um, via Gateway Pundit and all kinds of uh, documentaries that have been independent grassroots. And I'm doing air quotes because that's one of their key terms that they like to use grassroots. No, it's literally probably all powered by that. Uh, what was that that we found? Um, the CNP and Al- Alan Hartman and the ties to the oh United. What was it? United and what? United in Purpose. United in Purpose, a Christian organization. Uh Uh-huh. Sure it is. It was also um, found to take a hundred and something million voter data records. So people's names, who they voted for, when they voted, their religious organizations, when people talked to all of this data that ties right back in to people like Alan Hartman, who Everett Stern said was funding the Patriot Caucus with Flynn and Ivan and a couple other characters. But why is that so nefarious? Because they are using your data to give you targeted propaganda. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. And it's just, okay, so we have talked about the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, uh, Brian Gable dressed as Antifa, all tied back to Flynn and their initiatives, okay? And so then we see that these people are at January 6th. And you know who else is there? America's frontline doctors, Dr. Simone Gold. Um, she was in the Capitol. Now she has all this propaganda like she's in jail. And there is uh, Mr. Jeremy Brown, who was doing security for Nurse Aaron. It's funny how they all tie in together. And now Jeremy Brown is running for Congress from a jail. And he's been on Alex Jones. He's been on Stu Peters. He's doing interviews from jail and running for Congress with the help of Flynn Network down to the local level, I'm over here trying to talk sense into people saying, why are we voting or why would you want to vote for someone who's in jail? I don't care if they're a good candidate, which he's not mm-hmm. because he's tied to Flynn. But think, you guys, like think, use your brain. And it's so sad because here's the thing. When I started paying attention to politics, And Trump. I saw Trump as being different. That's why I would pay attention to him because he would say things that were politically incorrect. And I was like, I thought it was hilarious. And I was just like, okay, you know, I like that. I voted for him in 2016 because even back then I could not stand Hillary and, um, I was living in a liberal city at the time that was like doing women's marches and it was very, very cringe. 
And I remember they like would yell at me when I told them I was voting for Trump. And I was just like, okay, that's bizarre. That was like my first encounter with like what, what to me now looks like arguing with people who support Flynn. So like when we were doing with the COVID and the, and the vax, we would tell people the facts and they would like insult us and tell us we're crazy and things like that. Now there's another layer of on the Republican side that I see as being lulled and brainwashed back to sleep because they have introduced those six pillars that America Project uh, mentioned. And in each of those pillars, they've introduced their network and they've introduced their network on the level of like people like on the MSM all the way down to like more fringe type radios. And so it's kind of insane how vast it is. But all all that to say that it's like we're back at square one some days because when we're trying to help people to see the truth about this network, it's like we're still arguing with liberals sometimes because they refuse to look at the evidence and what we've dug up. And there's only two options that they are part of the network themselves or that they are brainwashed. And that's really sad. Yeah. What, and if you want to know just how like strong, like the, uh, the brainwashing and like the stuff is, like if you ask a normal Republican or you talk to a normal Republican or even some people like, you know, in the Q movement, in fact, the majority in the Q movement, if you were to ask them, you know, what Flynn has to do with January 6th, they have no idea. They don't, you know what I'm saying? January 6th is a hoax. Like it's a Democrat uh, talking point. Like there was no insurrection uh, and, or, you know, or well, there was something, but it was Antifa in the feds, you know, chalk it up to Antifa in the feds. Like, no, you know, if they just like, all, it's if they just paid attention, like you would hear like, okay, well, there's all these Oath Keepers involved. It's all these Proud Boys involved. And even if you don't, it's like, who are they connected to? You're not interested. Like, why all these? Because at first they, we were blamed, you know, like, regular Trump supporters were blamed for what we did. And we tried to make up an excuse, like we were making up an excuse for it. Like, oh, they let us in. Like, uh, you know, none of those people were being violent. Like none of, but as we saw, there was another thing to it there to where it was like, there was obviously a group and people that were agitators that, you know, like they love to talk about, oh, they let them in or, you know, um, you know, Flynn likes to, he posted about, uh, which is a recycled story about the uh, 20,000 pound rotunda door that was left open. And, and it's like, okay, bro, well, yeah, they left the door open, but what's next? What happened next? Who went inside? Like, who were the people who just went inside? Because the first people that went inside and was not regular Trump supporters. And, um, and, uh, and, and when I think people, they don't really realize either is like, You've been made, you're, not only has so much crap been caused for Trump from January 6th, but so many things the left says about it, so many things that they, that they use against Trump and they use against us right now because January 6th is done because of this group of people mm-hmm. that infiltrated 
and had this and did this and we were blamed for all of it and we're stuck here trying to explain our way out of it and be like oh well you know it wasn't a real insurrection there wasn't this they weren't real trump supporters it was antifa but whole time you got the cio for america project brian gamble who you know the proud boys leader whoa whoa um anyways the proud boys leader Stuart said Rhodes. That, uh no that's the oath keepers oh. what's the 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 one enrique tario enrique tario but there, who's the other one um he said he was the one who said it anyways as a matter it was uh the proud boys leader who said that we should we're going to dress up like antifa on january 6th so you know we can you know which to me is like when i first when i first saw that i was like why the hell would you do that this doesn't make any sense and and uh but it makes sense now because if Brian did get seen, if those people, if we didn't get all the pictures of him and didn't actually see him, they could have, he could have just been written off as an Antifa guy, you know, but instead, um, you know, this is the CIO for the America project dressed head to toe like Antifa and all black. And, um, and yeah, so. Uh, and he also going. claimed to have smelled Ashley Babbitt's blood. Yeah. So Jacqueline, who is Jeremy Oliver's girlfriend, who who was my friend. I mean, she's still my friend, but you know, we've been, you know, because uh I showed what what, you know, at the time she told me I could, which she ended up getting back with Jeremy. And so, you know, I feel bad that, you know, but it had to be, it had to be said, like it had to be exposed because of what these people were doing. Um, but Brian Gamble, she and, and what he means by that is that she showed him, Breb the texts where Brian claimed that he was close enough to smell Ashley Babbitt's blood. No, she told me that he said that she was there on January 6th. Oh, and okay. She told me that he That's came he back and she said that um, that he told her that, uh, you know, like they didn't believe him. They didn't believe him that somebody had really been shot. And he was like, no, you know. I was so close. I could smell her blood. What are y'all talking about? Like, which we know wasn't true because the footage is out. And if you haven't seen, um, there's a, there's a documentary, which I'll post when I post this, uh, uh, to my telegram that shows just how fake I'm going to say it. Ashley Babbitt thing is propaganda Mm -hmm. propaganda. Anyone who pushes Ashley Babbitt death is a propagandist. Okay. And so when Brian came to his group of friends who questioned it, he got upset is what it sounds like. And he was like, no, it really happened. I was close enough to smell her blood, which was. Yeah. And and when you think, and when you think about it, um, you know, this is his best friends, like essentially his best friend's girlfriend who is saying that this, that this happened. And she knew that I was figuring out about Brian Gamble. And because I was realizing that some of the people that I was being attacked by on Instagram for uncovering Flynn, that they were connected to Brian Gamble. And so I remember her connections to Brian and, uh, and somebody else. And so I asked her about it and she ended up breaking it down to me. And, uh, you know, another thing that she had mentioned is that, um, you know, 
Brian was meeting up with witches, what she said was literal witches that she brought to meet up with, with her and Jeremy one time, like he was, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, Brian Gamble's wife is, was, is, or was number two at uh project. Well, Veritas. That was never verified. I don't believe that was never verified, but, um, so just to recap on who Brian Gamble is, he's the CIO of the America project. The America project is Joe Flynn's listed on their website. Patrick Burns listed on their website. Patrick Byrne was with Sidney Powell and general Flynn right after the election fraud happened. And um, so he, he's very looped in. So Brian Gamble all this time, years leading up to this day has been doing red pill road shows which have been building up the Flynn network, such as in the matrix. Um, also, uh, just a lot of like weird, strange, particular people that I've never really even heard of. Oh, Kate, the awakening was one. Um, so a lot of the people in we, the media, I think was part of it. And just memos. Yeah. So you can look, you can look it up either on the bread room telegram or if you just look up Red Pill Roadshow and you can just see that these shows were taking place, it's kind of was like the precursor to the reawakening tour, like on a very, very small scale. But the whole point was to get the faces of like the Flynn Network out there. And then they were also trying to get people involved in these local militias. And then he's also now infiltrating churches and local communities. So I don't know about you, but I personally don't get a very cozy feeling. The anti, the Antifa guy, the BLM guy that Sullivan, Sullivan, you know, people make such a big deal about him and all that. And like, understandably so. Yeah. But it's like, they love to like nail down on that. But it's like, you got Brian Gamble, who is essentially the same thing. Mm -hmm. Who's connected. Who's literally CIO of America project. And they don't say, you know, you don't know nothing about him. And, and you don't, you know, just he, was, fil- he was filming the propaganda for like I like I mentioned, which the Gateway Pundit, in my opinion, is a Flynn media arm. There's pictures of him, uh, Jim Hoft with Flynn and connections there. If you if you felt like diving into that, that's why a lot of people on the right use the Gateway Pundit as like a source of truth and the Epoch Times, which has Brian Cates, which is part of this whole uh, the pit. Greg Phillips situation, which I can't wait to do an episode on that. Oh, but I already Brian, know it's coming. Brian Cates is part of Epoch Times. Um, and then Jim Hoft is the Gateway Pundit. They are both connected to Flynn. And so, no, they aren't reliable sources. They are propaganda media arms for these. So what they do and what Flynn said in a recent interview when he was talking about uh, fifth generational warfare is that it is a war for narratives. In in uh, fifth generation warfare, I, I part of what I call it is I call it a war of narratives, where there's distraction, there's deception, there's truth, there's uh, some physical uh, aspects of it. Uh, there are uh, there's certainly uh, adversarial elements. There's adversarial elements within it that are um, that are not normal, uh, what you would describe as as military type capabilities. Right. Media would be part of that Uh, propaganda. So smart leaders, smart uh, generals over time, over the history of time 
have always used distraction, deception, uh, untruths, um, and mixed with some truth. That would be a little bit of what, what we would refer to in the world of deception, particularly deception operations in a military campaign. So you have to have all of these different components. You know, before you even start talking about the physical things that you might do or might not do, but you have to have a different set of adversaries. So right now, I believe in our country, and that's why it's interesting that uh, this um, commercial came up, essentially this recruiting commercial came up. They are trying to recruit in this new world. You know, in psychological operations have been around a long time. They've always been trying to recruit and they, and they get really talented people. They get very talented people, very creative, very, very uh, sort of deep thinkers, some people that would, you'd, ne you'd not necessarily say, oh, yeah, this is a perfect soldier for the army. Right? That would be a little bit of what, what. And so him understanding that and hearing it from his own lips tells you that what he's doing with his networks and media arms and uh, it's vast and all these organizations and projects and campaigns and tours is he is trying to steer the narrative. Okay. So once you start to see that and you start to say, okay, well, this is what the Gateway Pundit reported, but why did they report that? And is that true? And just try to ask questions about every single source. Okay. So speaking of steering narratives and the Gateway Pundit, one of the uh, one of their tactics is shifting blame, and they shift blame on the January sixth narrative that they were steering using the Gateway Pundit by actually breaking one of the stories you found. And so, can we just talk a little bit about the fall guy that the Flynn Network uses, Ray Epps? Yeah, so Ray Epps um, on uh, on on June seventeenth. Let me see. June seventeenth or July? I think it's June. A June seventeenth, twenty twenty one. Okay, so June seventeenth, twenty twenty one, is whenever I uh, is I was on four chan. Well, probably the night before I was on four chan. And uh, we'd go there to go look at stories. I mean, to look for stories or memes or things that uh, to use. And um, and I just so happened to see dropped that night on uh, on the boards was a bunch of stuff about Ray Epps. And the thing that I uh, saw was that um, you know I noticed that next to Ray Epps was Sullivan. And um, so so seeing that Sullivan and um, and uh, Sullivan and um, Alaska and Ray and Ray Apps were right next to each other, and um, in the thing. And so, like, I saw everything that he was involved. Saw that he was connected to like the 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 Mormons and all this stuff. And um, and when I saw that, so I just took that, and I made decided to make a um, a thread about it. And so. Uh, I went on there and I made this thread on Twitter 
and um and it ended up blowing up like almost immediately and uh it got to a you know so, like a big thread like you would hope gets like a thousand likes or uh you know but this had like it ended up getting like eight thousand uh likes and like four thousand retweets and i can't even tell you how many um i can't even tell you how many uh big wigs like big people from the conservative movement that reposted it and when i look back at it now um you could have you could have laid out the whole flynn network from just the people that had reposted that and uh you know at the time it was like you know i didn't realize that you know like that what it was going to become but then the next day uh the gateway pundit posted my thread and and gave me credit for that and um so yeah so at that time it was like we didn't know what the ray up story was going to become but uh but yeah and we also so, didn't know about the flynn network at that time and so it was like whoa you know like you, you like it was like awesome that mm-hmm. it was posted on gateway pundit that they had literally groiper uh, avatar on gateway pundit breaking the ray up story and it's like they probably okay so another tactic that i've learned is that they will plant things on the board so uh to influence people so like one of them in particular um that i learned about was the uh 666 hand symbol um they wanted to tie they, they were trying to tie it to white what, what white power or something rather yeah than take a that, that was during the time that um they were using it to uh from the proud boys and then i found another thing that they did in relation to the pizzagate stuff because that there is an aspect of that that also ties back to the flynn network as far as the propaganda and um diminishing the the real um nitty-gritty and the root of that topic but they will plant things. And we know that you, you have been kind of on their radar for a while. So I just wonder, like, not, not that they could, like, orchestrate all of that, but that they saw that you posted it and, like, or whoever, they maybe they just wanted someone to post it, right? And whoever mm-hmm. did, and it happened to be you, um, that that was going to be their fall guy because like you said, the Sullivan was in the video and baked Alaska was in the video who he was also at the Charlottesville situation. And he, uh, also is at the Jeremy Brown protest, which is, uh, the Flynn jailbird running for Congress. And so he's around Flynn ops. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, looking back now, to me, it's pretty clear what that was. And yeah, they, go ahead. No, it's clear that they that they planted it on the board. And, uh, you know, obviously, I don't think they could have known that I was going to pick it up that night. Right. But, uh, but yeah, as God but, would have it, as God would have it. And, um, you know, the rest is history on that. Which it's just it's crazy. So another aspect that we found was the Charlie Flint. uh detail so can you speak a little on that yeah so charles flynn is uh 
the younger brother of uh, Mike Flynn. And as we know, like I remember if, if everybody was, you know, can think back to when he was promoted to the uh, take over the Pacific Command. That we were all like, oh, yeah, you know, the plan's in motion, the plan's going like Mike Flynn's brother just took over the Pacific Command, military in control, you know, type thing. And, uh, you know, and we also took that as a sign that obviously Trump's still in control, right? Because, you know, this is during the Biden administration and uh, and you got Charles Flynn getting promoted. So we're like, oh, yeah, everything's going real nice and all that. But come to find out that Charles Flynn was on the phone call and that uh, where he he was responsible for holding back the National Guard response. Now, yeah, you always hear about, you always hear Trump say Pelosi, but I think it's because Trump is trying to, like, he can't just come out and say, like, Charles Flynn, but he's doing everything he can to tell you that, you know, when he's talking about, I requested 20,000 troops, um, you know, if you really think about it, like, is is Pelosi responsible for the movement of 20,000 troops? No. Now, is she responsible for, she has her thing at the, at the Capitol? Yeah, but... But she is not going to be the one who's responsible for the National Guard response that he was calling for. And um, so at first, the army had lied about his involvement. You know, they didn't they didn't even mention that he was there at the Pentagon, let alone on the call. And um, as it turned out that the National Guard was requested verbally three times. Uh, during while um, on the on the call on the Pentagon and Charles Flynn and Walter Pyatt, um, they uh, told the national they basically said for the National Guard to stand by and to create a plan. But, you know, we're not you're not going in there right now. We have to wait. And. He did it. He did that three times. He did that three times that they basically told him to stand by. We have to wait. He basically passed the baton, said we have to wait for uh, for it to basically get to Christopher Miller, the request to get to Christopher Miller, who was the Secretary of Defense at the time. And um, but we don't know, like if we would have never known because the Army lied, they lied about it at first. We would have mm -hmm. never known that Charles Flynn was responsible for that. It was only because a guy who worked, uh, a guy who was in the D.C. National Guard, who was like the assistant, I think, to the head of the D.C. National Guard, uh, Colonel Earl Matthews is his name. Um, he was in the he was in the room and he and he could hear uh, General Flynn, Charles Flynn and Walter Pyatt on the phone and he heard everything. So we only know what happened because he was there and he stitched them out. Yes. And he and you can look all of this up. You can look up the documents and he he likened it to what countries do that are living under communism with the lies is what what he said. He was like mm -hmm. that report was basically, you know, it, it was just all lies. None of it was true. And so you can look up the actual uh, documents to support what Breb is saying really easily, actually. And uh, the other aspect of January 6th. Wait, let me touch on this real quick, because this is from today. 
okay. that I went that um, it was an update of, of something that, okay. So today uh, he said, why didn't crazy Nancy Pelosi call out the troops before January 6th? He said, which I strongly recommended that she do. It was her responsibility, but she didn't like the look in quotations crazy nancy failed the american people now here's the thing he's highlighting she didn't like the look well here's the thing we know that the real person responsible is charles flynn guess what was the reason that charles flynn and walter pyatt said that they didn't want the national guard response like that they were telling them to stand by what they did the optics of the boots on the ground they thought it would look bad. They thought the optics were bad of the boots on the ground. So when he's saying that crazy Nancy, uh, why didn't she call in the troops for January 6th, which I strongly recommended that she do. It was her responsibility, but she didn't like the look. Didn't like the look, optics of boots on the ground. So like, even though he's saying Nancy Pelosi, when it comes down to it, who is responsible for the movement of 20,000 troops? or 10,000 troops, and, it, and and he's trying to highlight the chain of command at the Pentagon, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And the thing about Trump is you can't really take what he says uh, straightforward. I mean, you really have to... He goes by the art of war and art of the deal. And in saying that, he keeps his enemies close and in studying who he has kept around him in in you know during his first presidency and then making the connections who they were it's very evident that he does that so if you actually did dig on the people that he has around him during his first presidency you would see that and it wouldn't be so shocking that he's doing that still to this day And he also, uh, another aspect of Art of War is don't interrupt your enemy when they're making a mistake. And so he lets them do what they're doing. And I don't, I don't think he follows General Flynn and I don't think he ever really like retruce them. And he didn't mention the pit or anything like this that um, we've been researching And um, the other aspect that I was going to bring up was, um, well, and and this kind of goes into what I was saying, too, is one of the reasons why a lot of people don't like Trump uh, that maybe did before is the COVID situation and the vaccine. And so because he said, like, give your you have free choice, do what you want. Um, and the other things that he said about the vaccine, people are like, absolutely not. Like he is the father of Vax and, you know, they turn on him for that. But here's the thing. You are being psyoped into oblivion, especially in these matters. And so with the vaccine in particular, he has been outspoken against vaccines and the links to autism for like at least eight years And he has told you that for different um, cures or therapeutics, if you remember, like, that's the thing is they count on you to forget. 
he talked about the HCQ. He talked about the uh, the other treatments that you could take. And he, um, but, but what you'll see is like Dr. Ruby and some of the other anti-vax doctors that are part of the Flynn network will take that and use it to turn on Trump. Now, if Trump were to say, don't get the vaccine, the people who hated Trump, forget about you for a second, because the world doesn't always revolve around you. And think about the people who hate Trump, but we're still unsure about the vaccine because they have some common sense. Now, if he was like, don't get the vaccine, first of all, those people probably would have went and got it just for their hate of him. And furthermore, then they would start painting everyone who is anti-vax as being in a Trump cult. And so it wouldn't do you any favors if he were to say that. If you were looking at Trump for medical advice, I mean, there, there's your sign. Like he's, tell, he's telling us to go get the vaccine. Does that mean you're going to go get it? I mean, I hope not. You know, so you, we really need to take accountability for our own free will and our own choices and think about what the opposite side would be because he told us the truth, but you want to forget that part that happened first. And then, so that plays into what I was going to say about the political prisoner side. So when I start, first started to think about if the political prisoners were a real situation that was happening or was it a psychological operation? I hate saying psyop so much because there's so many. <laughs> so that's literally what it is. <laughs> so the thing is, when I started to consider that, looking back at it all, there was uh, Cooey Griffin or however you say his name. I remember hearing him use the political prisoners as a way to um, attack Trump. And um, this is part of the reason why I still trust Trump is because I witness all of the multi layers of attacks and how they try to appear so close to him, but then they stab him in the back the first chance they get. And so the political, the political prisoners remember Marjorie Taylor Greene and what was what was the other congressman's name? Oh, Gates, Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. And they went to that jail and they couldn't get in. And it's so theatrical now looking back. And then recently, Trump just had um, a lady and I don't remember her name, but she had like a grift for political prisoners. And some of them were like literal Nazis. And uh, her her the, the, the face of the face of it. And Trump highlighted it too. Uh, she, she he highlighted our organization, and uh, people still don't get that. You know, sometimes he he's not promoting something; he's putting in the spotlight for you. And uh, but her, um, it's her her nephew is the face of it, and he's like literal, like he, you know, I think personally he's some type of plant because he's of course the face of the organization yet he's got you know all these pictures of like one with him with the with the mustache of hitler and he's mm -hmm. doing the hand symbols so yeah. so for me it's like okay are there some people who got arrested for their involvement in january 6th yes are they all part of this 
uh, PSYOP that I'm talking about? No, probably not all, but a large percentage of them are. So my question is, A, are they even in jail? And B, if they're in jail, do they deserve to be in jail because they're part of this actual insurrection that we've just kind of broke down? Mm -hmm. And three, I don't care. I'm not donating to you for lying to the American people because in doing that, in doing the insurrection on January 6th, there's multiple things that occurred. People who were peacefully protesting that day are now terrified because they have the Gestapo coming to your door, knocking on it, going to take you to jail, political prison. You're not even going to get to a meal. Yeah. You're not even going to get to talk to anybody. It's horrible. This is a third world country. So no one wants to do that. No one wants to. No one wants to peacefully protest if we're going to be political prisoners. And they also used it to attack Trump because he doesn't care about the political prisoners. And he's so awful because he doesn't care. I noticed that early on that it was definitely a talking point used to attack Trump. And, uh, you know, one thing that I noticed is I didn't really have an answer for it, like, I didn't really have an answer for why he why he didn't seem to be like super like s- supportive in a way um, or uh, you know sympathetic like why, yeah and uh, I always kind of wondered like why that was but then again like something always rubbed me wrong even though I didn't expect to you know think about you know because you just don't expect them to go to that link to the links that they did but um, you know I always thought something was off about the J six prisoners and how there was the, the dramatic stuff like them singing the the national anthem in their cells and and all this and i think you even see now where they're supposedly asking to get transferred to guantanamo bay and you're just like i mean it just doesn't make like even if you were getting treated bad in dc asking to get transferred to guantanamo bay it just doesn't make any sense but anyways take me to gitmo it's yeah it's a it's a buzzword yeah. In especially in this community that they're targeting. Yeah. Because, well, if you think about it, it's almost like a demoralization thing, too, because we're all talking about how, you know, that eventually some of these, uh, some of the bad guys are going to end up at Gitmo. And here you have the J6 prisoners are begging to go to Gitmo because it's just so bad. So who is it? Re- who are they really trying to make it look bad on? Trump, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you think about it, like people get they they talk about how, oh, you know, they're kicking in they're kicking in grandma's door and this chick they're kicking in this mom who stepped on the grass at the Capitol and uh, and taking her to jail. But it's like, yeah, even though they should not be allowed to do that and they shouldn't be going to who is really responsible for them even being able to like look at it and like do and go after these people like this, the people who were responsible for going in there. And setting up the narrative that there was an insurrection because they went inside the building and bum rushed it, and and uh, the way that they a- attacked the um, the police on the outside, and uh, you know, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. And if if once you have that veil lifted, you see it for what it is, which is propaganda. In another. Um, Another thing that if I don't know if you remember when 
like Alex Jones and Mike Flynn bumped into each other and they acted all like they almost like didn't like each other or didn't know each other. Like it was an awkward exchange. Come to find out that InfoWars and Roger Stone and like all of them were like sharing um, a hotel like side by side at I believe the Willard Hotel, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah, so at the Willard Hotel, InfoWars and Roger Stone booked suites with large common rooms. And there's photos of uh, Flynn and Roger Stone with Owen Troyer in the background. And Alex Jones and Mike Flynn actually did an interview. So why? Alex Jones and Mike Flynn? Yeah. And so why the theater? Why the acting? Yeah. Why the disingenuous? ingenuous behavior because i know when we all saw that like of course like because we've read the if you read the drops and you know about like alex jones being a Mossad asset then whenever you saw them first interact and you saw them first like and i think that was their first like interaction publicly publicly that we had that we knew about at the time and uh and i remember when i saw that i was like you know of course you you want to get all on the at the the info info bros like the info war bros you want to like get all up in there because they're always alex jones can do no wrong to them and so like whenever we saw that i was like yeah bro like you know mike blend just showed him what it was bro. he ain't trying to talk to alex jones you know what i'm saying we ain't got no time for alex jones bro. we're out here doing our thing we got a, a country to get back and all this stuff and you know whole time then they do a end up doing a uh, interview like january the if there, the guy, if there was a guy that I could, if there was a person who could be vindictive against Donald Trump, you're looking at him. I mean, I could stand all day and go, that son of a gun, that son of a You know, look at what he did to me. It's not Donald Trump that did it. It's these institutions. They bullied him into it. And it's the last, well, it's, they didn't bully him. It's the last administration that lied to him. And the last administration set him up through, through a variety of little deceitful you know, plays that they had in this little game that they're playing, which is a big game. And it's all about access to power and, uh, and basically ruling this country. So Donald Trump coming into the presidency the last go around, he, I don't believe he realized that it was this bad. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's also tiresome. It's so tiresome. Well, I know it was kind of messy in in how we described it but it's it's kind of just how it is because they did it like that on purpose that these things aren't meant to be uh easy to see it's all about the confusion it's all about the deception and once you know what you're looking for the pieces start to come together so if you're listening to this and you don't know who any of these people are start looking at them and start noticing them because this is the thing. If you research communism at all, they always control their opposition. And if you look into what a color revolution is, which are they have color revolutions in other countries when they're trying to um, basically neutralize that country and tear it down. And so they put things like Antifa and Proud Boys and situations like that to just cause chaos. So research the color of color revolutions and research how communism controls opposition. 
And then you'll see that everyone attached to Flynn and like the reawakening tour, they even on their own advertisement says the great awakening versus the great reset. And with eyes to see, you see it clearly that all of those people are just the right side, the false light and the people who claim to know God and claim to be Christians. Um, they are propping up this idol and it's clear to me. I personally, I was, I idolized politics and I idolized patriotism and I idolized America and I didn't know it because I wasn't even a follower of Jesus Christ at that time when I was doing it. But when I met Jesus Christ and he revealed that to me, I never look back because there the worldly freedom that people are chasing on the right is fleeting and spiritual freedom that you find in Jesus Christ cannot be taken from you. And so while we can be thankful and love America and be grateful that we were born here and continue to do these things by exposing the lies and uh, showing the truth. I only do it because I feel like it's what God has called me to do. And I feel like I want people to be freed from that hamster wheel of propaganda and false idols and false narratives, web of deceit that has so many people entrenched. And that is really why I'm doing this. So if you don't know anything about what we're talking about as far as January 6th goes, listen to the episode again, take notes, research all of these people. The Bread Room is a great place to um, find information just by searching the names because it's been a year where we've been putting this together and figuring out really what happened on January 6th, because it's not, it's not what the right is saying. I don't know what the left is saying. I don't, it's not what the left is saying actually, because they blame it on Trump. And to be honest, they probably have it more right, except for the fact that they connected to Trump. So um, yeah, that's her whole thing is connecting it to Trump, except, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, just get break free of the Republican mindset, the like my like we have to win. We have to vote against. Obviously, the Democrats are evil. We They show us who they are, um, you know, and if, if you have a biblical worldview, there's certain things that just do not align with the word of God. But the Republicans and the rhinos, there's a lot more rhinos than we are uh, focusing on like Marjorie Taylor Greene is a huge idol on the right. She is one of the biggest deceivers. She does nothing besides talk a lot. And uh, if if you sometimes I feel like I'm not that sensitive to where people are in the in finding out the truth about these people. But that's only because it's been, you know, a solid year of us researching this stuff and putting it all together. 
and I'm speaking from a place of authority because I know that it's true. And you can find out it's true too. If you just look, if you look at their connections, if you look at where their funding goes, if you look at who, what they're invested in, if you look at who their allegiances are to, there's so much on them. None of these, we, we've gotten into this situation where we are just so desperate for we, the people, you know, to overcome the elites and Hollywood and everything that we found ourselves right back in the same spot. Now we're propping up Kanye and now we have a whole new layer. All they've done is kick out the people that you knew were bad and put in new people and people are falling for it. Mm -hmm. It's the same situation. Nothing has changed. The voting is still rigged. There's still psyops being run on you day in and day out. Do you know? Ask yourself. Anyways, that's all I got. Thank you for joining me, Breb. And uh, thank you for everyone listening, hearing me half rant and half spew some truth. Well, thank you. And uh, I can't wait to see what you put together. Because I already know that, um, you know, I already know how much of this you've broken down and how hard you're working on it and how well you understand it and that God's leading you. And uh, I'm excited to see what this, uh, what these podcasts turn into. And um, yeah, I couldn't be, I couldn't be happier to be on the first episode. So thank you for uh, being my first guest and I'm excited as well. Uh, I'm just excited to really tear some of this down because that that's what needs to be done. People need to wake up and it's like another layer, like the great awakening. It's so funny that you said that, that that was what got you. It was probably literally like a Flynn bro ad that you saw. <laughs> the great it sure was. And uh, the great awakening is there needs to be an awakening from the great awakening. Okay. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Thank you. Good night. And God bless. <laughs>